Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Koshi. I really enjoyed that conversation with Chef Austin Summeroff from the White Pillars. What an amazing story. Hey, we're going to shift gears real quickly. I want to bring my friend Lee Bond, the CEO for Singer River Health Systems, into the conversation. Lee, first of all, welcome to the show, man. I'm so sorry you guys are having to deal with this incredible rise of Delta variant cases. You just reported 138 uh, positive inpatients. Uh, it's a new record. 38 of those are in critical care. And what's amazing about the numbers I've been seeing, Lee, is that the number of people in critical care who are on ventilators is shocking. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, and it is uh, it is shocking. And they're younger and they're on there longer. And uh, different than the other wave is the uh, capacity of utilization of ventilators, the capacity in the ICU, and I would also the, say the level of uh, pain and, and anguish, you know, the, uh, the, the, the look in someone's eyes knowing that they're going on to, to the ventilator, knowing what usually happens, you know, what the success rate is once you get to the point where you go on the ventilator, uh, the pain and terror in people's eyes and the, the strength it takes for a nurse to muster up to tell them, don't give up once you go on this. You know you you gotta you gotta count on me, and you gotta you gotta get your mind to force to just keep pushing through. And it's uh it's a tough situation. Man, it is so tough. It is it is it, the the numbers are not in their favor, and that's why people need to understand this. The average age of those hospitalized continues to be alarmingly low. It doesn't it. It does. Uh, we had two deaths yesterday. One was forty eight years old, and um. Uh, one was 50, uh, 57, I think. And so uh, much different than in the past when it was people in their you know, late 60s and 70s. Uh, we also have a lot of younger people that are on the vent that hopefully, um, you know, uh, the majority of those will end up, uh, you know, getting to a better place. But there are some that won't. And um, despite our best efforts, uh, that's the thing about this virus. It affects everyone uh, differently. And it's just, it's a it's a very uh, disturbing scene that um, these these nurses are having to endure right now, and the respiratory therapists and all of the other caregivers, um, even the environmental services people working in the ICU. It is a depressing place to be right now in in this state. Our, as you call them, the warriors, they're overwhelmed <clears throat> right now, and uh, they have to keep fighting. Um, if, if you know anything about math and you understand that one of this is a hyper contagious variant, it is hyper contagious. It's not like the third wave. The fourth wave is different than the third wave. The, if you think about the exponential math for every person you see in the hospital, you can just do the math on the number of people that might have been infected out there that may end up in the hospital or may end up in ICU. It's a terrible situation. You've been really focused on 
We've got a problem. We've got a shortage of workers. And I, I rem remember the, the governor last week said we had a, you know, it's not a shortage of bed, it's a shortage of workers. You know, uh, but, you know, really, it's a shortage of, er of everything at most places. That's, that's, that's kind of where we are right now. But how do we solve the problem when it comes to the, 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 the warriors that are, that are fighting this battle for us? So I think there's a lot of ways to solve it. Uh, the first way, the biggest way for me, uh, I believe that um, we need, if we want to take care of Mississippi, the unhealthiest state in the nation, uh, not just during this COVID, but post-COVID and even pre-COVID, we had a nursing shortage. Um, 2,000 less nurses in Mississippi, less people enrolling in nursing school, more nurses retiring early, and nurses were able to leave Mississippi and go to Texas, Florida, even places like Kentucky, um, and make three times what they make now. And we're a poorer state. We have not expanded Medicaid, so we don't have that money coming in. And so hospitals, largely in Mississippi, is mostly not-for-profit hospitals. There's a reason for that. Florida and Texas have mostly for-profit hospitals. They have a better payer mix. We have poorer, more indigent people. And because of that, hospitals operate on a very thin margin. Right now, most hospitals in Mississippi are losing money. That's unsustainable. Uh, we, are, uh, we, we have lost some days cash on hand. Uh, it's concerning. And we're paying every cent we can pay out for you know, overtime and extra day incentives and retention incentives, but it's not enough. These people, these nurses that have been heroes, we need to pay them like heroes. And we don't have the money to do that. If we did, or we could figure out a way to get more money, we would do it. I think the state has a huge opportunity with the $1.8 billion that's coming in. If we allocated just 25% of that to the nurses in Mississippi that are willing to stay or willing to come back to Mississippi and give them a $20,000 per nurse two-year retention contract, I think that would be a game changer for Mississippi. And I, I feel very strongly about that. And I think that's a, I'll talk about some other solutions if you want, but I think that's a top solution. Well, I think it's something that our leaders in the state ought to pay attention to because the money is coming down as a result of the pandemic. And, you know, we've got to fight this. And I would say that our healthcare workers on the front line of this, and as we both know, COVID is something we're going to have to learn to live with. That's why the vaccinations are so darn critical. It's something we're going to have to learn. We're not going to eradicate it. It's always going to be around. It's going to be mutating. It's going to be doing all of those things. That's why that's why Super Talk Mississippi Media is so focused on, you know, us telling our stories, my story, other personality stories about how we chose to get the vaccine. We spend a lot of time focusing on the the the, uh, the, the why it's a safe approach to battling the the, vaccine, the the pandemic. Frankly, it's a better alternative than getting COVID. That is for sure. But you guys have been really focused on trying to, to fight the misinformation and get the best information about why the vaccines are safe. Talk to me more about that. So there is a lot of misinformation. Ricky, I can tell you some really sad stories. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> there's a friend of mine, a uh, lifelong friend of mine uh, in the ICU this morning um, that, um, that passed. Um, 62 years old, but the pinnacle of health, uh, not vaccinated. And if he'd have been vaccinated, he would be alive today. Um, I can tell you a story about the day that I went to check on him when he was doing good and I gave him a thumbs up through the glass before he started deteriorating. Um, 
I was walking out and ran into a, a nurse across the way coming out with tears in her eyes who had a 55-year-old who had just deceased. And his last words were, I wish I had not listened to all of the ballyhoo on Facebook and my friends who talked about that. I wish I'd have talked to a doctor. I wish I would have been vaccinated. That was his last words. And um, that is so hard for our nurses to hear. And what, what we focused on related to the vaccination is, I get it. I understand why people are scared. Um, it's a scary time we're living in. And I don't trust the government either. Uh, but I think we should ignore the government and focus on the doctors. Um, when uh, you've got a plumbing problem, you don't uh, call the government, you call a plumber. You got a problem with your car, you call a mechanic. When you're asking about a health issue, ask a doctor. There's a reason that 96% of all board certified physicians in the country are vaccinated. They're smart. They know science. Forget about, we, we also uh, try to teach this, forget about the science for a minute and look at the math. Here's what the math says. 90 plus percent of the time, if you get COVID and you're vaccinated, you won't be put in the hospital. And if you are, you'll have an easy go. If you're vaccinated, you almost are guaranteed not to die. There are hardly no cases of people that have died uh, that were vaccinated unless they were. We I think we've had two that were uh, over 75 with multiple comorbidities that probably would have perished anyway. So the vaccine can guarantee you not to die just about. And then um, there's there's the misinformation. You know, people uh, out there listening to all these crazy quacks on YouTube videos that are that are often debunked. But people hear that and they believe it. We tell them not to not to listen to that. Another thing is people are afraid to get a shot. This shot doesn't go in your vein. It's right in your deltoid muscle. It doesn't even hurt. It's like a little pinch. And um, you know, people are worried about side effects. Well, you know, one out of five people it happened to me. I was one out of five. For about four to six hours the next day, you feel feverish. You probably won't get an actual fever, but you might feel feverish. And that's because your body's reacting stronger to it. But the shot itself, it doesn't hurt. And then another thing we're telling people to try to encourage them is this. Don't just do it for yourself. Do it for your family. You know the pain your family will have to go through if you die or if you infect someone else. So one reason to do it is just um, to do it for others. And, and then there's all this uh, question about it was developed too fast. Look, the whole wide world was working on this. Countries were collaborating. Through social media, they had an unprecedented number of people that were willing to take the test, I mean, to take the, uh, the trials. All of those are reasons to do it. Messenger RNA has been around for 20 years. It is safe. It does not go in the nucleus of your cells. It doesn't affect your DNA. It deteriorates after two weeks. All it does is teach your cells how to make antibodies. So all of those are reasons to get vaccinated. It's safe and it will save your life. We're going to come back after this break and continue our conversation with Lee Bond, the CEO of Singer River Health Systems, who is challenged with this incredible situation of managing the misinformation to keep people out of the hospital. We'll be back after this break. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I've got Lee Bond, the CEO of Singing River Health Systems. Uh, Lee, I was on the I was on the Gallo show yesterday and talking about sort of the vaccine situation that we're in, and uh, you know I'm not I'm not going to get into the political side of this with you, but I, one of the points I made is that I hate that Republicans sort of got into this mode of anti-vaccination, and I, I was looking back doing some reading and thought to myself, well, I think part of the problem was this coming out of the third wave. Republican states were doing a really good job. They reopened their economy and all of that. So they they were they, they were less worried about vaccination numbers. It looked like things were opening up. Things were going fine. I think the Delta variant caught everybody off guard. You know how 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 contagious it was, and so on. I think unfortunately a lot of the Republican governors did not pivot. I don't think the Republican Party, for a as a as a general rule, pivoted on the Delta variant point. And they soon found themselves kind of out there in no man's land as it relates to the vaccine and pushing for the vaccine and all that. I, you know, I think, okay, that's my analysis of the situation where I am just in urging people to not look at this as a political item. Look at this as 9-11 or Hurricane Katrina. It's time for our country, our community to come together, Democrats and Republicans and independents and everyone else uh, across racial lines. It's, it's all time for the community to come together and do what's best to fight this. And you guys have been really working hard. The, the, the vaccine is the one tool we have. And what's ironic is that people will say, I'm not going to get that vaccine, even though one has been approved, right, by the FDA now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that, oh, go ahead. Well, they were going to say they, they wouldn't get it for the F, because the FDA didn't, uh, didn't approve it. But then when they get COVID, they'll take the monoclonal antibody infusion, which is also not approved by the FDA, there's so many ironies in this. When the quickest and easiest way to combat this is just get the vaccine. There are, and you know what I like. What I say is, uh, the virus doesn't uh, care about politics. The virus doesn't care about the government. Um, people are using the government and politics too much in this. Those are the government and politics are and should be irrelevant. Uh, the virus knows that right now, uh, people who are not vaccinated are in the hospital. Uh, the virus is just, uh, it's, it's independent of all of that. And so I think that the politicization of it is a major problem and people should just forget about that. Talk to your board certified physician. Uh, the vaccine is the best, it's the atomic bomb of what we can do to stop this. I mean, there's other weapons. The monoclonal antibodies are, are great. Um, it is absolutely something you should seek out. It's a it's almost a silver bullet over 80% of the time. It can keep you out of the hospital. It's actually, for us, we've done over 2,000 of them, and it's 97.4% of those people have been able to stay out of the hospital. It's a good bullet. Uh, soap is another good bullet. People ask me all the time about masks, and, you know, I'm, uh, you know masks help mainly for the people that are spreading it. <laughs> but soap, people aren't washing their hands enough. Soap is one of the biggest bullets we have that people don't use. Uh, your brain, don't get in people's faces, and people are doing that. Uh, we've had hot spots uh, in local bars where people have to congregate and get close to each other, spreading it like crazy. Um, all of those are, are certainly uh, bullets, but the, the, the thing that could eradicate it is absolutely 
the vaccine. And as I mentioned before, it's 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 safe and the, the politics of it should be ignored. Lee, one of the things I hear, so I had COVID before. I actually got tested. I'm trying to remember now what the time frame, October, let's see, November, December, January, February. About four or five months I got tested after I had COVID for the antibodies, and they were super low. I know some right. people, it lasts longer. In my case, yeah. it didn't. And so in March, I got I got vaccinated. But there's, there's a lot of confusion about how much protection you have if you've had COVID before. What are right. you telling I, people? I can answer that. So uh, there's a lot of confusion because enough time has not passed. Uh, everybody makes antibodies after they've got it, but that doesn't mean you're bulletproof. Your genetics and how much of a viral load you had, all of those things can impact uh, your antibodies. And then the passage of time. Uh, you know, you may you may have two people and one may six months later produce a very low level and one may produce another a very high level. I will tell you that only 131 of our 12,387 people uh, that we track have been reinfected. And so that's um, that tells you that the antibodies are generally pretty effective. But we're not far into this. So who knows where you're going to be next month and the month after that. There's a study that shows that if you were infected, you're 2.4 times more likely to be reinfected. And the best study, the most balanced one, is um, in an article we put out. It'll be on our Facebook or our Community Connect message. Is that uh, in the, the in the JAMA article where it says that um, people who are vaccinated who had antibodies are almost bulletproof against getting COVID. So if you had COVID, we highly recommend you still get vaccinated. That's your best protection to be sure. Yeah, Dr. Dobbs, Dr. Dobbs, did a, I think the way he said it was, if you've had COVID before, therefore you have antibodies, some, some level of antibodies, and then you get the vaccine, it's the golden ticket. <laughs> it's the golden ticket. I mean, yeah. that's, the, that's as close as you can get to protection. But certainly if you have not had COVID before, boy, for sure get the vaccine. But the point is, just get the vaccine. It's the best, it's the best approach that we have. Um, tell me why Delta is different. So uh, Delta is different because it, it enters your host cell, cells faster. It, there's a mis misconception that it's a thousand times more contagious. It's not. The viral load is a thousand times higher. So the amount of particles in a droplet of snot are a thousand times higher. But as far as the contagion rate, it's about two, it's about three times more contagious. The R naught factor with alpha was 2.5, meaning that every person who gets it's going to infect 2.5 people. With Delta, they're going to infect eight. So it is three times more contagious. I don't even know that it's more deadly. I just think that uh, the math, the exponential math of it infecting more people is what's causing it. And Ricky, I'd just like to say that, uh, you know, as we wrap up here, that the biggest thing I could ask of the world is, you know, first pray for stamina for our nurses and our respiratory techs and all the, the other people who are out there going through this because um, it is, what they're going through is just unbelievable. I wish somebody could spend, uh, you know, who, who had doubts, spend an hour with me and see what we see, see the pain and the regret and the suffering and the gasping for air. And I promise you, you would have a different opinion of this, but do it for the nurses, do it for your family, do it for other people. That's, that's our ask. And I hope uh, folks will support our ask of the state to take care of these these people have been heroes. So we need to pay them like they're heroes, the fearless warriors they've been. And we need them into the future.
get the vaccine. The, the bedside regret is heartbreaking, is absolutely heartbreaking. Lee Bynick, uh, CEO from Singer River Health Systems, thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. Good luck to you guys. Thank you. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.